Hello, Davis here. In this episode, I will bring to you his real human voice, Max, who was a real calm 122 student. Max made this episode on media regulation in 2020. Here is Max. Hey, Calm 122 podcast listeners. This is Max, your lovely podcast host. In the previous episode, we discussed four historical regulations targeting the media and communication industry. In the episode today, we're going to take a look at some of the most contemporary issues of media regulations. More specifically, we will bring up the issues of net neutrality and cross-ownership. How regulators deal with the issues reflect the regulatory philosophy and ideological leaning. With the seismic changes in the nation's policies, we will see how the same media regulation issues be dealt with very differently under vastly different administrations. Because most often, regulations are implemented by the government and official regulatory bodies, let's first discuss the role of government. In the previous examples of the Radio Act of 1912 and 1927, as well as the Communications Act of 1934, the U.S. government served as a rulemaker, seeking to strike a balance between incentivizing the marketplace and protecting the public interest. Some would argue that the industry itself can handle issues pretty well. The industry can tackle issues such as media violence internally by implementing self-regulation. People who support this tend to believe in the free market and small government, claiming that the intervention of the government will obscure the supply and demand equilibrium. In other words, through free competition and supply and demand, the market forces, not the government, will pick the winners and losers. There's a lot to like about this viewpoint. However, the market force isn't perfect. Sometimes the industry just can't regulate itself. Remember the interference issue before the Radio Act of 1912? Governments need to step in sometimes, because a democratically elected government can represent the public interests and be a neutral arbitrator. Many argue that the government should take a more preemptive role in making rules and setting standards to fix issues facing the media industry. Not only because market forces may fail, but also because the media and communication industry is an important public infrastructure and the stake of public interest is high. Many media products resemble public goods or common pools of resources, and they cannot be entirely privatized. While this call for governments to step in preemptively might be well-intended, sometimes governments may become too intrusive, paternalistic, or even ignorant by making rules too cumbersome or irrelevant that takes its toll on the healthy development of the industry. We can just look at the recent congressional hearings regarding online privacy, big tech, and foreign interferences. As some of the uh, technologically challenged congressmen and congresswomen grill tech executives and engage in grandstanding, we really trust they can make fair and balanced rules. So, this is the dilemma facing media regulations. Governments can be powerful enough to protect you from big business, but can also be too powerful so it harms you. Private industry can be powerful enough to deliver you to better goods and services, but it can become too big and harm the public interest. Next, we will look at a type of regulation called structural regulation. It includes setting new rules and standards about access, that is, who has access and how, about ownership, that is, who owns how much, and about licensing, which is the permission to use public resources such as public airwaves. Net neutrality, a recent regulatory issue falling under the category of access because it's about what content is accessible and by whom. The principle of net neutrality maintains that internet service providers cannot charge content providers to speed up the delivery of their goods. All internet traffic, whether it be streaming videos from Netflix or your text messages, should be treated equally. In 2015, under the Obama administration, internet service providers, 
ISPs, were reclassified by the FCC as a common carrier, like a public utility. Doing so will uphold the net neutrality principle. In the case of 2015, the FCC took a pro-public approach by prioritizing the public interest over the interest of the industry. Tom Wheeler, former FCC chairman, said, quote, The Internet is simply too important to allow broadcast providers to be the one making the rules. I don't know why I picked an English accent, but it sounds funny. The current FCC, which is led by Ajit Pai, peeled the net neutrality rule in 2017. Ajit Pai believes that consumers benefit the most from the free market competition rather than preemptive regulation. So he and his FCC took a deregulatory approach to remove rules constraining the industry. In their view, repealing net neutrality rule would open up markets for more companies to profit from the industry and to compete with one another. In the case of net neutrality, we can observe how the FCC, under different administrations, may prioritize either public interests or business interests. While the FCC, the country's chief regulator in the media and telecommunication industry, may take different regulatory approaches at different times, the FCC is constantly criticized for its cozy relationship with the industry. Many of the FCC's current and past chairmen and commissioners have worked in the industry. This is often referred to as the revolving door between industry and regulation. We should also note that a large sum of money has been spent lobbying the FCC in Congress. You can go to OpenSecret.org to find out who is the biggest spender on lobbying to pass certain regulations. Next, let's look at regulations of ownership. Again, this is a type of structural regulation. Ownership regulation is concerned with antitrust and preventing monopoly. It is often about approving or vetoing vertical and horizontal integration. Generally speaking, the FCC and FTC tend to scrutinize horizontal integration because horizontal integration is the merger of companies operating in the same market. Such integration may reduce the number of players in the same market, thus raising the issue of monopoly. Vertical integration, on the other hand, is more accepted as long as it promotes competition between different platforms. While the regulators want to promote competition in the marketplace, the regulations actually implemented may have unintended consequences. With the Telecommunications Act of 1996 and its loosening up of cross-ownership rules, a company can own multiple stations across regions, sectors, industries, and platforms. This has resulted in media conglomerates that control a large swath of local TV and radio stations, companies such as Nexstar and Sinclair. What's that consequence, though? Just watch video clips linked in your lecture slide. In general, media consolidation through cross-media ownership can boost a company's revenue, and it may supply funding to sectors that suffer constant revenue loss. However, cross-media ownership and the media conglomerates it create may be bad for diversity. It reduces the amount of local content. It also reduces the viewpoint diversity because a single station group's talking points may be carried across hundreds of local stations it owns. Examples? Just watch the clips about a segment called Terrorism Alert Desk, which is a must-carry segment produced by Sinclair and aired across Sinclair's national network of local stations. Lastly, we review regulations on licensing and frequency allocation. Back in the era of Radio Act 1912 and 1927, the government was given the task of issuing licenses and frequencies to any individual or business who used the public airways for broadcasting. With the introduction of the Telecommunication Act of 1996, the FCC now adopts a more flexible licensing process and conditions. That means broadcasters can hold licenses for a longer period of time. With the expansion of the mobile internet network, the FCC is also involved in spectrum auctions, releasing frequency bands in public airwaves previously used by broadcasting stations and reallocating them to mobile service providers. 
For more information, you can watch the video clip on reverse auctions, which is added to your lecture slide. In summary, in this episode, we talked about various types of structural regulations related to access, ownership, and licensing processes. To learn more about the process, make sure you follow the lecture slides. That's all for today. Thanks for listening.